Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna, and we are going to be recapping day two of Canada Reads 2020. With us today, we have George Canyon, and we are so thankful that he could give us 10 minutes of his time. So we're going to make this quick, and then we'll jump in and have our other um, participants join us a little later. So I'm going to turn it over to Rebecca. Well, George, first, I want to say thank you so much for meeting with us again. We interviewed you back, uh, well, I don't even remember what month it was, January or something with Jesse. Yeah. And uh, we just want to thank you for coming back and chatting with us. I'm really sorry that we're talking to you today because it means that From the Ashes got voted off, which I'm devastated, which yeah. we talked about. Yeah. Um, but I do want you to, because you and I, we all just now had a little bit of a conversation. You wanted to share something that was sent to you, or, or can you talk a little bit about oh, what you want to share? Yeah, there was, um, so uh, on day one, uh, there was a comment made by uh, Dio that she said, you know, from the ashes is trauma porn, although she, today she did uh, retract that. Um, and I understood where she was coming from, um, but you can't label it trauma porn. And um, Jesse has, has received so many comments, uh, you know, people writing in. I've got one from a, a, a lawyer who's a, a crown prosecutor, and she's like, what did she say? It rocked my world. Everything about my own job and how we administer justice in Canada. Sorry, I have to use glasses. But, you know, um, when you're getting those kinds of comments uh, from just a, a whole a whole gamut of people, um, it really, really says something to the book. And this one lady, Indigenous lady, sent in a comment. She said, I disagree from the ashes blindly reinforces narratives about Indigenous people. So she disagrees with that. In fact, I think it is hopeful and humanizes us, directly confronting the reality of addiction and how it is intertwined with trauma. I felt there is so much history that comes through this memoir that needs to be told, and empathy is the feeling that will enable the head and heart connection required to have impact right now. And that's vital. You know, um, when I was in law enforcement, I've always had empathy. I grew up with empathy for, for everybody. I was blessed to be raised that way. But when you're in law enforcement, you're, you're kind of dealing with the same thing over and over. And, and it wasn't so much for me because I was only there for three and a half years, but I witnessed a lot of long serving officers that I could just see it in them. You know, they're seeing the same thing. And after reading from the ashes, boy, it really, uh, it really kind of it didn't, it didn't change my perspective because I've had the empathy, but it really opened my eyes to, wow, you know, um, that could have been my son, really. And so for me, that's why I said today, the book needs to be, everybody needs to read the book. Um, and in, Indigenous as well, because I truly feel um, when you're down uh, to the point where Jesse was and, and all the people around him that loved him and helped him get out of that struggle, out of that that deep hole that he just couldn't seem to get out of. Uh, I think that's encouraging. And if somebody indigenous or not is in that position and they read this book or somebody reads it in their family and says, we can do this for them. We can help them. We can love them back. And um, that's a win-win. I can't, I cannot agree with you more. Uh, there's a young man in my life who, uh, when I was a librarian in Sacramento, he was one of my kids. And he's grown up in just horrible family life, chaos his whole life. And when I read this book, he had just reached out to me. No, I had reached out to him because I read this story and I thought of him. 
And I said, can I send you a book? I really want you to read it. And I did. I sent a copy of From the Ashes to this young oh, man in California. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I haven't heard from him. And I think he's still in his addiction. He's still struggling. But what gives me hope is the same thing with Jesse, that he will find his way at some point and there will be people that will reach out to him mm -hmm. and keep trying. Like you said, he fell, he fell, he fell, but eventually everything resonated and he was able to pull himself up. So this isn't just about indigenous people. This is about everyone. And that's why this book didn't just speak to the indigenous life. It was, it's for all of us. We all have stories like that, people we know. So we yeah. Do. We need, we need people to understand, you know, with the 35,000 in Canada, homeless every night, that's a, you know, at a minimum, uh, you know, 11, I think Lucy said 11 to 12% are indigenous, uh, young indigenous men. And we need to understand how, how they're, they get viewed. And, you know, you see uh, a homeless young indigenous man who's a drug addict and you immediately go, oh, look at the druggie and you move on with your own life instead of stopping and going, wait a minute we need to do something about this. You know, this is somebody's son, yep. somebody's brother. We need, we need to do something about this. And what I witnessed in, in Canada Reads so far is passion. Um, some of the debating is heated, but it's passion. And you know what? We need people to be passionate. No matter what their argument is, we need that passion because complacency, all that does is we sit and talk about things. Oh yeah, we need to fix this. Oh great, yeah, let's fix this. And then you go home and you, you're with your family and then you go back to work. Let's fix this. Talk about it. We need passion. And, and the only way we're going to get that is when people all come together as, as, a, as a group, as a collective country, including in the United States as well. And, um, and having a book like this is a catalyst to get there. Because if you can find empathy yourself, you're not told to have empathy, but you actually feel it yourself. It will never go away. You can never eliminate that empathy. It's with you till the day you die and, and then afterward. And you will definitely be engaged to wanting to physically help and have passion to change. Well, you kind of mentioned something that I'm going to uh, refer to then. I know that you ran for office last year. And so my question for you is. You don't know half that story. <laughs> I, well, I don't know the full story. I just know you ran for office. So I don't know the full story. But let me just say, yeah. which is more cutthroat, political debate or Canada Reads debate? Oh, you know, debate in, in anything. I love debate. I, I've been on debate teams when I was in high school and debating to me is not, it shouldn't even be called debating. It's, it's conversation. One of the biggest skills of a debater is right here. You listen. And what I've discovered in politics is too many people do this. They, they talk at each other. Um, too many partisan games go on that way. Instead of actually going, wait a minute, what are we here for? Who, who are we here for? We're here for the betterment of our country and its, and its residents. So, okay, well, let's talk this out. Let's listen to each other and let's find a compromise that works best for the people. Um, I find we've gotten away from that. And uh, I witnessed a little bit of that uh, in the debates so far, but not so much. There's a lot of respect and, and people are listening. Um, but, you know, you, you have a you kind of maybe have an idea in your head what you're going to to vote against or for, however you say it. And, and so that kind of carries through. Um, I definitely would say I would prefer this kind of discussion uh, <laughs> to some of the political uh, discussions that went on. Um, but to, to be honest, I enjoyed those too. 
um, because I just enjoy talking. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. If two sides of, a, of an argument, all they do is throw stones at each other, people just get hit with rocks. It doesn't solve anything. Um, I love the discussion. I love getting together and talking out issues. Well, we don't have too much more time with you, but I did want to ask this. Originally, as we all know, Canada Reads was supposed to take place in March, and it's yeah. four months later. And I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about the relationships that you may have developed uh, through this process. Well, you know, with the other panelists, um, I think we immediately had chemistry right out of the gate, which the producers saw. And now you're getting to see it. Um, there's a, a high level of respect uh, we have for each other. Um, I wish we were able to spend more time together because, you know, that always helps with developing relationships that way. But, you know, getting to know Jesse and Lucy, his wife, uh, has been fantastic. And I said today, I kind of fanboyed out when I, met, when I met Jesse for the first time. And I honestly did. And, you know, I've been in the music business for 30 years and I've got to tour with a lot of big acts, including Mr. George Strait. And, you know, so I've had the fanboy opportunity. Um, but to get to meet him, it was more of a holy poop i cannot believe you survived this and had the tenacity and the, the strength to to push through and accomplish what you've accomplished in life so for me it was more of that uh respect fanboy thing that happened but um i've got to know them quite well and they're just the sweetest people um, in the world that's for sure did you get to talk to them today? Um, yes. After the results? Okay. Yes, I talked to Jesse and Lucy. And of course, Lucy, <laughs> she broke down, but um, I, I, she cries. She's a, she's a soft hearted. So is Jesse. He's quite soft hearted. But um, I, you know, I said, hey, man, um, you know, I was on Nashville Star back in the day and I know what it feels like uh, to not win, right? I finished second. And oh. I said, you got to, you got to kind of, put it all in perspective. And Jesse was right on with that. You know, he's like, yeah, I mean, it's been on the bestseller list for five months. They're number 19 on Amazon <laughs> right now. I mean, you know, as far as accomplishing the sale of a book, but it's not about that. It's about getting uh, the literature into everyone's hands so that it creates uh, and helps create um, a better society and a better outcome. Uh, so he, he's very proud, he's very disappointed. Um, but like I told him, you know, I said, the fans love this book. The fans online love this book. Yeah. Uh, there was quite an outcry when it, got, <laughs> when it got kicked off today. So I said, job well done, really. Uh, had, the, had it been like crickets, uh, the book got kicked off, whoo, thank God. That, you know, had it been that, then you'd be kind of going, oh, what's going on? But I said, no, man, you have achieved something I will never ever have an opportunity to do and you should be so proud um, of, of the work that you're continuing to do well we cannot thank you enough for those beautiful words because yeah mm -hmm. i'm still in tears i'll probably try, cry for the rest of this uh <laughs> thing that we do tonight but um thank you george so much for chatting with us tonight we so appreciate you taking Let's, time out uh, of your busy schedule hey. and good good luck vote the right way over the next two days we're counting on you well, i don't know what that i don't know what that is but yeah. i don't know either um but um i'm a free agent now whatever that <laughs> means uh, maybe it means i get to play in the nhl i can't tell you but it will be uh it'll be interesting um just keep watching because i'm i'm actually um, most entertained by akil so i'm watching to see what he's coming with next yeah. he's he's got a lot of a lot of things to say and i love listening yeah so we do let's too. do this again when we're all done um all done the uh the Canada Reads uh, 2020 let's uh maybe we can talk Jesse to coming on with me and we can have a nice long chat 
We would be so honored to have the two of you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. My Take pleasure, care. Lady. All right, thanks. thanks. All right, good night. Bye. Bye. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm All not going right. to get over it. So I am enjoy uh, um, inviting the rest of our colleagues in here. And while they are getting connected, I will go through and get uh, us started with the rest of our program. So, uh, wow, just some great words from George Canyon. So thanks so much for that. Uh, while you'll get a chance to hear from everybody here tonight, uh, I am going to do a little housekeeping. So uh, please know that we're not affiliated with CBC's Canada Reads competition and that all of our opinions are our own. We will be imposing a 30 minute time limit on our event so to be mindful of our participants and our viewers time. So uh, we're really running around the 15 minute mark since we had George on at the beginning. No, no, I, I mean, if we go a little bit longer, I don't think our fans I'm saying fans. I don't think our fans are going to mind because I, I think I want to hear this. A lot happened today. I want to hear from everybody. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, let's go through and reintroduce everyone real quick, and then we will get into our first question. So uh, Jolene is championing small game hunting at the local Coward Gun Club by Megan Gale Coles. Then jo uh, Larissa is championing Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson. I, Shauna, am championing Corey Doctorow's Radicalized. Rebecca is championing From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. And Sarah is championing We Have Always Been Here by Samra Habib. So today's first question for our panels, and we're going to start with Jolene today, is... What is one thing that stood out for you in today's competition? I think the biggest thing that stood out for me today was, um, to me, this should be about debate about books. And I didn't feel that today's debate was about books. Um, I felt like it's becoming, I feel like it's becoming, it was the girls against the guys. I feel like it was planned that way, whether it was intentionally or not intentionally, I don't know. Um, but it just feels like there, you know, I know there's been talk about, we want to have a female defending a female book and that's never happened before where the winner is a, as a woman defending a, a book written by a woman, but this isn't, that's not the point of Canada reads the point of Canada reads. And for this year is to have a book to put Canada in focus. So I think we need to focus more on the books and, uh, that was disappointing that I, I don't think it happened today. I think a lot of us, uh, and including the online community, yeah. are a little bit in shell shock in regards to uh, what occurred in the actual program today. So how about you, Larissa? Um, so the one thing that I noticed, um, so actually just to echo a little bit of what Jolene said, I did feel like it was a lot of not necessarily um, using the book as what the topic was in some cases. I'm going to say that I didn't really feel like it was a girls against guys situation intentional. Like maybe it was intentionally. I didn't feel like that was the case. Um, 
from my like view, but I did feel like they weren't really um, focusing on the books as much as they could have or should have. But I'm going to say the one thing that I noticed was how often the little segment would be, um, you know, so-and-so talk about your book. What does everybody think of that book? And then somebody would be like, well, I think my book is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that was not the question. Um, so I found that happened a couple of times, two or three in particular. Um, and I noticed that. And not to say that that shouldn't happen in a debate where you are like saying this book has these points, my book has these points. But I didn't think that was what would ha was happening. I felt like it was, let's take this question and actually use it for my time. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing that I noticed. Sounds about right. Uh, Rebecca. I thought it's you, Shauna. I was going to skip me. No, you have <laughs> to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> well, I have a lot of notes about today's thing. And I think since you two have talked about the the whether it be a book competition or a people competition or um, them not pointing out getting them not pointing out the stories well enough. I think what really got me was when they were talking about son of a trickster there was this phrase that they were talking about humanizing indigenous people. And I don't understand that because um, our indigenous people are people. So why do they need to be humanized? I just don't, I guess I just don't understand why that was important or why it's a particular perspective. Yes, we can have a fiction book that's written with magical realism uh, that really connects people to the earth and nature and understanding how connections are made and everything. But I, I don't understand why it has to do with a minority group. So I think that was just the one thing that really struck an odd chord with me. It was like, okay, this is just something I don't understand. And maybe it's something I'm going to have to research and look into. Or is it just these people's opinions that maybe I don't even need to waste my time on? I don't know. Um, I have a little bit of response to that. Can I go ahead? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, so I um, see where you're coming from. And I think, though, that I understood what they were saying when they said that they were humanizing the Indigenous story. Um, indigenous peoples in Canada, um, first of all, tend to be a fairly marginalized group, even though there are a lot of them. There are like, like I'm going to get the number wrong, but like over 100, like hundreds of different unique clans that don't often get a voice. We have some reserves and some native people on their land here in Canada who have been without clean drinking water for over 20 years. Like this is a something in Canada that we have been dealing with for a very long time, but has only really come into the spotlight more so in the last five or 10 years. And so I think using the story, Jesse's absolutely especially his like intergenerational trauma. Um, that's a big thing that nobody ever talks about. And then also Jared in Son of a Trickster using their stories to make them relatable to people who would maybe read that on the news. Oh, so-and-so community in whatever province has been without drinking water for 20 years. 
who might just breeze by it. But okay. when we bring these stories to the forefront, maybe instead the people who are reading them are more likely to say, oh, actually they're human beings who deserve clean drinking water and our government should be helping them because obviously that's the answer. Right. But even myself, like I, there is a community here in Nova Scotia that Ellen Page just made a documentary about them, um, about their drinking water situation. And um, it's still, to be honest, not getting as much attention as it maybe should. So I think that is the point they were making. And that's also why it's important. And maybe that is a Canada thing. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much for explaining that. Would like to say something else. I don't know. No, I I agree. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in there because I totally agree. I our Indigenous people are often not treated as human beings. They are treated as other, they are treated as something else. So I, I can totally understand why they would say like, we just want people to treat us like we're normal human beings and not over oh, we're, we're the people that live on a reserve and so it doesn't matter. So I think that it is an important part of any of our Indigenous literature that they be treated like normal people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now. Awesome, now, thanks. Now can I, now can I go? okay do you remember the question I do remember the question what is the one thing that stood out to me and it's funny because first of all I want to apologize because I'm always yelling at the camera so or at the end of the microphone so I'm going to say this in a calm way but I got triggered hard today by something that was said and it was kind of said in a couple of different ways but and it may have been more than just Amanda but the one that I remember is the one that Amanda said which was when Akil was trying to make his point, and I'm not gonna go back and forth and debate, I do think it, they were unfair to him, <laughs> uh, but when he was trying to make his point and they were interrupting him, and then Amanda said, are you okay? Let me tell you something. I am way older than the rest of you, and I have lived a lifetime of men saying to me when I was bartending in Los Angeles, smile, smile, you know, that whole thing, or, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And you know what? It's condescending, whether a man says it to a woman, which is what we're trained to be aware of. But when a woman did it to a man, it it triggered me and reminded me of all the times that it happened to me. And I've seen it happen to women my whole life. And I thought, Amanda, seriously? Like, what was that about? That man was trying to make a point and it was a really disrespectful way of cutting him off because he didn't answer it, which I'm glad he didn't, but it, it hardcore triggered me. So that is the thing, the one thing that really stood out for me today. And let me just say too, and I, I'm just saying this, I appreciate we got a shout out from Akil and Allie today, which I really, really appreciate. And then Amanda even said like, oh, they're fantastic or whatever. And I appreciate that because I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Kim's Convenience. Before I could access it on Netflix, I was buying the DVD. I bought the DVD sets because I couldn't get them in Michigan. I mean, in uh, the United States. But still, I really thought that was that triggered me. So, thank you. Well, I think Allie already let out that we're from Michigan, so it's it's yeah. all good. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and like, uh, just to recap with Rebecca, like, I we really appreciate that uh, we got the shout out and. 
uh, we were fangirling pretty hard when we got to re-listen to it. Cause oh my gosh, yeah. You yeah, guys were we, like, hey, you guys got a shout out. We didn't even know about it. We didn't know it because we literally came in seconds after they finished saying it. And then we our, our social media blew up and we were like, what? What is this about? So we appreciate that, but thank you. So anyway, we'll stop. And not about <laughs> That's us. the one I noticed today. That's the one thing I noticed. We got a shout out. That's my thing. Because <laughs> all five of us got it. It's awesome. Yeah, because Akil, he was like, the uh, Canada Reads American Style team yeah. is pretty amazing. I'm like, wow, look at that. So, uh, Sarah, what was one thing that really stood out to you, for you today? Oh, one thing is hard because it was a day. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same as everyone else, you know. And I spent a good part of the day figuring out how I wanted to articulate myself because this was rough for me. Um, I was dissatisfied with how the debate went today. I, I hold the Canada Reads competition in really high regard to a very high standard um, because I think Canada, the CBC book lovers deserve that. You know, it's um, it's noteworthy and I felt like um, I don't have any experience with debate I'm going to preface with that I was never on a debate team I hate public speaking I'm not a debater but I feel like there is debate etiquette and it just there was no sign of it today um, I feel like it wasn't adhered to I, I really enjoy Ali Hassan as a moderator of the um, competition for the last couple of years but I you know, I would have liked to see him jump in and, you know, hold some space for Akil to complete his thoughts um, without people jumping in on top of him. And, you know, I'm not sure who is responsible for that necessarily, but um, in my opinion, ultimately, you know, a moderator should at least hold some space for that person and kind of, you know, make make that possible for them to get their thoughts out. Because um, I I do think he has a lot of um, valuable things to say. I just, I'm assuming he does. We haven't really got a chance to hear them in complete thoughts. And I, I, I wish we did. So I'm hoping, I'm still hopeful that tomorrow um, will be better in my opinion. You know, I, I know online, a lot of people really enjoyed it. And I guess that's the other thing I, I I'm going to say two things. This is that, that was the first one. The other thing, in my opinion, that really stood out is I'm loving the online interaction in the CBC Canada Reads group. Um, I actually think the commentary in that group between people is better than the competition debates. I think people are sharing really intelligent, well-planned and thought out um, commentary on both the books, the, um, the contenders. And I think everyone should go, I'm sure anyone who's watching is checking that out, but I really think go, go look through. It's wonderful conversation and it's a discourse that you don't see very often online today. It's wonderful. So interesting. I noticed in the Facebook group that the most people had the same thoughts as most of us um, yeah. about the moderation, about, um, it's actually funny. I didn't take Amanda's, are you okay? As a condescending, are you okay? When I heard it, that's not where I went. Everybody else apparently did, including the people on Facebook. Um, but there was a lot of comments on the Facebook group today about the moderation, about Akil not being able to speak. Basically, everything that we said has been echoed there. And I'm really interested to see if based on that feedback, because like George mentioned in his thing that he had seen some of the feedback on online, 
Um, it'll be interesting to see now if things change in the next two days. I actually saw a lot of people say that they were going to stop watching the competition yeah, because yeah. of so it'll be interesting to see if things change a little bit in the next two days based on online feedback. Right. Well, just know if you're going to uh, if you're going to not watch the competition, do join us on YouTube Live at <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, and we will give you a recap. So if you wanted to not necessarily see the competition, you are more than welcome to join us, and we'd be happy to chat with you. And. On Tuesday of next week, the 28th at seven o'clock, we will be live with Ali Hassan. And I'm really excited because then that gives us an opportunity to say, hey, Ali, what's up? I have questions for you, Ali. I'm coming for you. <laughs> exactly. All right. So our next question is, there was an attempt to draw a parallel between Jesse's memoir and Jared's fictional life. Which one of these two brings Canada more into focus? And I think we're going to start with Jolene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was very sad to see From the Ashes go today. I, I thought it would be one of the last two standing. Um, and I think because it's a real life story and because he's able to talk about the statistics and he's able to talk about what what his experiences are, to me that, you know, brings things into focus for sure. Um, what's going on here in our country, um, especially with indigenous people. Son of a trickster, it's fiction. Doesn't mean that it, it still talks about some very important issues. It still talks about indigenous people. Um, one of the things that surprised me though, is people keep talking about magical realism, but the whole idea of the trickster is actually not magical realism. It's tradition. That's like saying to a Catholic, mm. transubstantiation is uh, is magical realism. I would take great offense to it, and it surprises me that every single person has been saying that as part of the panel, including the person defending it. And I know that that's how what people understand, but it's a that's a really good teaching moment to say, let's talk about this, and this is our tradition, and this is the like this is what trickster means, and this is what the crow means to us. So I think there's a lost opportunity that just hasn't maybe happened yet. Um, so for me, there's there's teaching moments in both. And I think some of it has been lost with the fictional part. Um, so I my vote would have been for from the ashes for sure. They both bring some, they both bring stuff, something to the table though. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to say, Jolene, thank you for making that point because I've never been a big fan of magic realism. And, in, and just exactly what you said about the transubstantiation and it, yeah. that really, really, you just painted a picture for me and, and a better understanding of that. So thank you for sharing that. That was really powerful, yeah, what you just said. So, yeah. yeah. Larissa, how about you? Okay. Um, so I'm a big fan of both of these books. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I would even have a really hard time picking one over the other because to be honest, of those parallels. They're right. There are the same themes in both. Um, because the book I'm championing is Son of a Trickster. I'm going to go ahead and say that one. It <laughs> seems appropriate. Um, but also because of... You could be Justin really Trudeau and vote against your own book. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to jump um, in. It was the only chance I was going to get to say that. Um, uh, so... It's actually, that was a am really amazing point you just made, Julian, because what I was actually going to say was, um, 
because it has the same themes, they have the same themes, um, right down to like the intergenerational trauma, addiction, indigenous, um, and like the indigenous issues uh, and things like that. Um, but the magical realism is what I was gonna say, um, <laughs> is really, I love that personally, but I was actually gonna say the fact that it also draws in like their, their myth and things like that, but that's not the right word based on what you just said. And that was a really excellent point based on their traditions, their beliefs, what they, um, like what is at the core of their culture. Um, that is talked about less in From the Ashes, which is totally fine. That's not actually what the story is about. The story is about his life. But because Son of a Trickster brings that in, um, I think that George Canyon actually made a really good point today when he talked about the stories um, from the, like the Mi'kmaq people from Nova Scotia that he grew up with, because that's um, the community that's around us here. Um, that's the type of thing that they would teach in school. They would say like, this is like glue scap is what they hear with that. That's what their stories would be about. So bringing in the cultural story into Son of a Trickster, I think gives it a broader picture of what bring, what would bring Canada into focus saying this, these are different cultures within our country that are very important. They, it, it does humanize them. These are some of the issues they deal with. I really liked the point that their issues are in the background, like they're not the main story. They're actually, they're just the backdrop of what happens in his life. Um, but then also saying, these are the stories that, this is how rich the culture is. These are some of the stories that come out of this culture. Um, the trickster and I don't know if the otters are like yeah, part otters. of the story or just part of this story. But um, So I'm gonna say son of a trickster for that reason. But that's not to discount from the ashes at all, because that is the real life story of somebody who went through all of those same issues and came out on the other side. Yeah, uh, let's see here, because it's my turn to talk. And <laughs> uh, it's it's really hard to not say some things that have already been stated because, you know, it's really uh, contextualized with both of what you guys have said. So um, in regards to the fiction versus nonfiction, and for a little while, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, is this going to get to be a debate about fiction versus nonfiction rather than male versus female? And then it didn't, it didn't take off. So I'm like, well, I guess it's still not going to be fiction versus nonfiction. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that Akil mentioned today was that uh, Son of a Trickster is a young adult type novel and it helps, uh, you can see the, the difference between that type of writing and Jesse's writing. And um, I got to thinking, I, I was like, well, you know, Jesse's book, about a third of it is written in his childhood and how it could be really accessible to someone who is also uh of a young adult nature so um there was that and so which one do you think brings canada more into focus shauna oh that's right i'm supposed to answer a question well i just think it helps focus you because um if you have to sort of answer that question <laughs> Because I know you really loved Son of a Trickster. I did. I, I really loved Son of a Trickster because 
of the tradition that Jolene was talking about, because uh, here in the United States, I do have uh, in America or in uh, the United States, we call our uh, Native Americans Native Americans. So, I, you know, I have my my ancestry is I'm part uh, Métis, and so it's it's really cool to be able to say like, hey, look at all these really cool traditions. But I grew up with such a you know Heinz fifty seven white. Like when I, when someone asked me to check a box, I have to put white because that's what most of my ethnicity is. So I don't know a lot about these types of things. And so being able to read in both books about how the indigenous experience of life is actually occurring and, and understanding those types of things uh, is really difficult for me. So uh, how does, Son of a trickster, bring Canada in. Girl, just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I've known her for years. I, I just had to throw that. Pick one, please. All right, I'm going to go with Son of a trickster because it's still in the competition. And although I'm not exactly enthused about the way that uh, Dio is championing the book, but uh, I think that hopefully if you have a wide enough audience, if you're going to have the, the young adults all the way through to older adults reading this book, maybe you're going to have a, a better chance of uh, changing things in Canada based on it. How's that? Yes, thank you. That was good. Thank you. All right. So obviously, I'm championing from the ashes. So as far as what I think, which book brings Canada into focus, of course, I think it's Jesse's book. And here's part of it. And I think, you know, George said this, but I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle, which is, Yes, Jess, Jesse struggled, you know, the, the being abandoned by his parents and then, you know, living with his grandparents, having that watershed moment where his grandfather says, if you ever do this, we're done, drugs, we're done. And then he was done. And then he was homeless and then petty theft uh, and all that stuff. But that isn't, and that is a major part of the story, right? But what are you left with when you're done reading this book? And what it is, is something that was supposed to, I think, I'm an, I'm an American, so a United States uh, person, but the whole point of the reconciliation was to start to change the perspective of the native, uh, of, of the indigenous community in Canada, right? And this one is about hope, love, redemption, grace. Re and George, in right before we started, Tonight, George told us that, that Jesse talked about one of the key things for him. Yes, he's a professor. Yes, he's changed his life and turned it around, but it was reconnecting with his family. So I don't see how anything more than not, and I'm a huge nonfiction reader. I just think that nonfiction account of someone going through everything he went through and coming out on the other end of it, the smaller part of the story but it's the part that stays with you, I think, at least for me it does. And that whole story about when Lucy and Jesse got married and that whole, I mean, I walked away just saying, you know, you want a happy ending and you know where there's a happy ending because Jesse is who he is and he's gotten, you know, bestseller book and all that stuff. <laughs> and you know what's gonna happen, but it was a relief. And the way that it plays out 
that to me is, that brings Canada into focus. That true accounting of one person's experience and showing, and to think about all the kids who will read his book, all of the young adults who will read his book, everyone who reads his book is touched by it. I don't think anyone has read it that I've ever read an account and said like, no, I didn't like it. So I just think it's so powerful. And that's why I think it, I think it brings Canada into focus for me because it's true. And I, and I don't wanna just make it, oh, it's true. So therefore it's better. I'm not saying that, but for all the reasons I just stated, I, I think it's the one that I'm shocked didn't win. It's the one I said back on whatever day that was Shauna that I went bold and said before it was even selected as a shortlist book, I said, this is the one that will win Canada Reads. And I was wrong and I'm wrong because, because I think there was an agenda. That's how it felt. And there may not have been, but it feels like there was an agenda and this book should have won. And I'm not even gonna say anything about Jesse and Lucy because I'll start crying, but I just feel like they've had so much feedback from people and I'm glad that they have because, I'm sorry, but it was, it's important that they know it's just a competition. It doesn't mean anything more or less because they're five phenomenal books, five amazing authors and five pretty incredible defenders. And it's just a competition. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck it up. I'm gonna stop and let uh, Sarah go. So thank you. <laughs> and I gotta wipe my eyes, sorry. Well, I had so many thoughts and I think half of them flew out of my head by now. It's probably for the best um <laughs> are you okay i'm fine no it is it's just i just i'm a very i'm you know what i i'm the one who cries over dog commercials or dog tiktok videos oh my gosh did she miss it she missed it she missed it oh yes, what'd you do what, oh, are, you just, okay? are you okay oh <laughs> <laughs> i know it comes from a place of love so that's good <laughs> um so um, let me just collect my thoughts for a second. So I am on the same wavelength as Shauna, where I was interested to hear where the fiction, nonfiction conversation would have gone. Um, however, I, I don't think it should matter. Um, I think both have their strength for telling a story and for bringing up, you know, bringing up different things or with the nonfiction, you kind of have more liberty to, to go different ways and to kind of use um, like metaphor and a variety of examples to get your point across. Whereas a real life story, I mean, it's someone's story. You can't, it doesn't get better than that. Um, so I'm, 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 I was disappointed as well that I didn't get to see where that conversation was going to go because I, I would have loved to see that play out too. Um, my, my answer to the question is going to be from the ashes. Um, I haven't finished it, full disclosure. I am in, I'm like in the midst of it and I'm, I'm completely absorbed in it. I love it. Um, I loved Son of a Trickster as well. It was phenomenal. And I cannot wait to read the rest of the trilogy and watch the show when it comes out. <laughs> um, the reason why I think that it um, brings Canada more into focus is because of the breadth of life that is um, examined in the book. So with Jared, you have he's he's a young man. 
and it's really focused in on that one part of his life and it's 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 full and rich of you know um heartbreak and love and a whole bunch of of things but um with from the ashes you see him as as a very young boy with his brothers and then i haven't gotten to the end yet so i can't speak much to that although i've absorbed a lot of outside content about it um you know he 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 ages and you see a wider breadth of experience and um and and you know just it, uh success and you know and failure and success and back and forth and i think i think because of that breadth of life experience that more people would be able to find something or find pull from something um to relate to whether it's you know uh, hard childhood whether it's hunger and homelessness and you know just uh it, it's all there so um and there's that i also really um stuck on something that was kind of it wasn't a throwaway comment but it was very quick and i thought it was extremely poignant and extremely important and i really hope it gets emphasized further and that's the idea of um colonialism and the colonial success and i think more than any of the other stories and probably more than any story that i've really uh encountered i haven't read a whole lot of indigenous um indigenous literature uh, but I feel like this one um, is a great jumping off point to really discuss the measures of colonial success and how how valid that is, how that actually causes uh, generational intergenerational trauma, and um, it's a really important piece in our reconciliation process. And I really think that this book can go far to bring that to light and and help heal I, I um yeah I think it's a good a good topic a conversation a good way to start that discussion going forward and and hopefully you know we won't we won't always be stuck on the same measures of success and I know they are in that story but I think it's a good example of um of a way to use a piece of a piece of literature to facilitate those conversations obviously it was in the it, it got brought up and i really want to see that um explored further that makes sense okay well thanks everybody i think we are down to our allotted time we're a couple minutes over so uh i'm going to thank you for joining us and we can't wait to see you again tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. for the next recap of Canada Reads 2020. It will be day three. And just a reminder that today's vote uh, from the ashes by Jesse Thistle was voted off in a three to two vote. Um, Amanda, Elena, and T.O. D.O. Um, all voted off from the ashes and uh, Akil and George voted for small game hunting. So we will have to see what will occur on tomorrow's episode. So thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Bye. Bye.